Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration of leadership and we're so glad to welcome back Woody Ritchie as our guest for the second part of a two-part series on winning and failure as it pertains to leadership. Woody, welcome back. Great to be with you, Brad. Thank you. Well, thank you. And uh, we had a great conversation about the importance of winning for an organization and how that can really um, just, you know, kind of buoy the people within our organization, help them with their personal professional development, even had a conversation around how we can use that to attract more talent to a team. Um, so we're shifting gears here. We're going to talk about kind of the, the darker side of it, but it's a part that every team goes through. It's a part that every leader has to go through. And that's when you come up short, you know, mm -hmm. when you fail. And um, I think there's a lot of conversation on for us to have on failure and how to kind of glean lessons, you know, from that to make the team better to improve as a leader. But I'd love to just hear you kind of your initial thoughts on, you know, failure as a leader, and, and maybe how that's helped shape you. Yeah, and it's an interesting one because we all want to celebrate success, right? But right. everyone runs away from failure. And I, I have always used in my professional coaching life that failure teaches us more than success does. Yeah, It really does. It, it causes you to refocus, start to pay attention to the fundamentals again, to go do the things that may have made you successful in the past. Mm. But we get sloppy. And that's an aspect of from leadership is reminding people of that as we go forward. Um, you know, you want to used to have a phraseology in the organization of we will all make mistakes and we will all fail, including myself. And uh, heck, I, you know, make as many mistakes as anybody. As we go yeah. Forward. yeah. I, can make it look, I make it look like an art. That's uh, right. But, but <laughs> we don't want to drive the bus off the cliff was the follow on buzz line with that, which is, Let's not do something that is fatal to the organization. Right. Let's not do something that's fatal to our individual careers mm. because there's the aspect of organizational success and individual success, but there's also organizational failure and which really can start to germinate from individual failure. And mm. so it's one other aspect of this is you you know, as you coach, you're always assessing skills, capabilities, you know, chemistry, all those things that organizations do bring to an organization, you know, all that individuals, excuse me, bring to an organization. Yeah. Well, if this is a person, so if Woody has made a mistake or has, has failed for some reason, but we see this is a teachable moment and a learning moment for Woody, let's use that in a caring, caring and candid way to give feedback to, and then let the, uh, the rest of the organization know that we, A, we always care about our people, right? This isn't a, wow, well, you screwed up, you're out of here. It's like, you know, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the movie, you know, right. hey, you're fair. You don't get this watch unless you do that. Right. We don't want an organization that looks like a slave galley. We want right. people to understand that we're always on a journey of growth and learning. Sometimes we fail, sometimes we fall. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to be fatal to the individual right. and hopefully not to the organization. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of uh, Susan Scott, who's an author of Fierce Conversations. Uh, she has this thing called the decision tree, which I love helping teams with. And it basically says, okay, well, if it's a leaf on the decision tree, it's something I just want you to do. I don't want you to report back to me. So Woody, that's just something you do. And you're just, you know, it's a daily thing or a weekly thing and you're just on it. And then a limb decision within the organization is Woody, I want you to make that decision. I want you to act on it, but then I want you to report back. But then there are these trunk decisions. And the trunk decision is, I still want you to make the decision, Wood, but before you take action, let's have a conversation. Yeah, let's have a conversation. And then there's root decisions where I'm going to want you involved in the conversation, but we are going to decide what direction we're going in because it's so critical to the organization. And we can sustain so much failure in the leaf and limb land, right? Yeah. And, and one of the notes that I took, and I hope people listening took, is that it, failure is a better teacher, right? It's a better teacher than winning. You're going to yeah. learn more from those failures. And that becomes so critical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a dynamic that I always kind of lean on, which is I love the praise in public, correct in private, right? Right. How did, how did that work? Talk to me about that dynamic for you and your organizations. How would you, how would you dance that? Well, you know, so there's, I always have to differentiate a little bit because, you know, you could have, you know, failures versus insubordination kind of things. And we're not going down that path. We're not right. going down the, you know, No, they did everything behavior. right. They just didn't yeah. succeed. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there, there's also the uh, being attuned as a leader to that pulse of the organization of to maybe let's say it was a you know lee or limb leaf or limb decision right yeah and we fail and we as we were doing our review we saw what went sideways mm-hmm. we never we never i would never make it a point to say and oh brad i want to talk to you later today and everyone knew in the conference right. room at the leadership meeting yes he's going to get his clock clean right. when he's in there no quite the inverse i would uh, you know i would individually approach or send a, a quick note and say, mm-hmm. can we just talk about, you know, what went on and get the, and, and the aspect of this that's important for, for me is it's a bit of a cathartic thing for the employee, for the associate, they get to sit and So tell me what happened. What do you think went wrong? What do you, where did it, where to come off the rails? What do you think failed? Right. They get a chance to self teach mm-hmm. or to self assess because many times we know why, Right. Things didn't work out the way they want. We don't want it to be a dictatorial. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Because then they, they they get like Charlie Brown. They all they hear is why, 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 right? Exactly. What, what we want them to do is to own it. So it's remember it's back to our accountability, responsibility aspects mm-hmm. of of the job. We want them to own it, and then say, okay, now then when you heard it from their lips, you get to reflect it on them and go. So what are we going to do different next time? Right. What are we going to, what would you change if you're going to change something here? Cause it's not, sometimes it's omission. I didn't yep. do this. I didn't follow up with that client or I didn't get right. timely. Whatever the thing is, I didn't mm-hmm. process the paperwork in the right manner. But that then said is, well, you know, help them to self assess and self correct. Right. If you have self correcting organizations, then that next time something happens, maybe even that associate helps the other associate 
doesn't have to be a leader. That's the beauty of, of leadership at all levels. Mm -hmm. When everyone really understands the expectations of an organization and that there's, you, you can do, I used to tell organizations when I, because I was a turnaround guy, you know, as right. private equity and venture guys, you know, there's very little you can do that's going to, you know, drive us off the cliff. Right. My job is to make sure we stay on the rails and we get mm -hmm. using all these transportation, you know, right, right. Right. <laughs> as the plane's crashing. If we take the bus over to the train station, then <laughs> yeah. we're going to like, we're going, he's mixing we take six less there. metaphors, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, then, you know, then that associate can yeah. understand, understands, well, let me go help Woody. I, I, I saw what happened. A senior associate who's very experienced would go and help another, uh, you know, one of our employees. And so yep. you kind of get that, you know, self-correcting organization right. when you handle it that way versus public shaming. Right. You know what, there's, there's something I want to point out that there's almost a tenderness in your voice in reflecting on having those conversations. And it's, it's fertile ground, right? If it's going to be a teacher, by definition, it's fertile ground, but we have to be tender with it, you know? And, yeah. and if we're going to encourage it in an organization, we have to make sure that the person walking out of that meeting realizes it's okay. It's okay yeah. that we didn't succeed today. That's okay. And yeah. what did we learn? How are we going to do better? How are we going to go about it different? How do we make sure we don't have to relearn this mistake or this omission or right, right, right. right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited about new mistakes, right? I, I, I get a little tired of the old mistakes, <laughs> right? But there's, but I think that's an important piece of just how are you as a leader emotionally approaching that conversation? Because yeah, yeah it's not the laundry list and the brow beating. It's much more of a, hey, how are you? What, what, what happened there? Talk to me about it. You know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, as I, grew in, you know, having done so many turnarounds as a CEO over the years, most of the job is addressing problems. Well, yeah. It's not, you know, it's like, because you're, you're walking into an organization that's already been on the decline or on the right. fail route. Right. And so now it's, how do I get everything pulled up? How do I get everybody yep. up with the correct attitude that, you know, not a, gee, it's everything's against us. No, we can, we can all pull in this together, but you get a chance to, you know, and you have to exemplify that. I like that word tenderness. I've never had anybody use that word about me before, but thank you very much. Uh, but there's, a, there's a, you know, there's also a sternness, but yes. not being, but not being so brusque that people right. don't want to approach you. But that said, you know, you're, you're setting the, you're setting the, the ground right away. You're setting the groundwork right away that says, yeah. all right, we're going to learn from our mistakes. How do we go do it? Right. And, and I think that's a, a, as important or maybe more important than celebrations, to be fair. Right. Really is. Yeah. One of the organizations I'm involved in uh, talks a lot about failing faster. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think it's a great sentiment, but it puts a lot of pressure and a lot of onus on the leader in terms of appropriately handling the failure when it happens. Right. Correct. Failing faster yeah. doesn't work if every time somebody fails, you're coming out with a battle axe and lopping heads off like that. Yeah. That can't be the approach. Then, right. So talk to yeah. me a little bit more than about this care and candor conversation, because that's that's a thing I think most leaders I find would are great at one. Yeah. 
right? Like yeah. they're really good at one of them. And it's the, it's the combo that really is the magic sauce, right? Yeah. Where, well, where, where did you find you needed to develop personally as a leader? Was it more on the candor side or was it more on the, the care side? I think it was more on the candor, candor side, the, yep. you know, it, because, you know, the caring can over the emotional caring side. I don't want to be looked at as being vindictive or any of those right. things. So that took me a lot of work to get now that's back to the, you know, you set in a, you establish a framework with your organization that we can give feedback mutually. Right. Hey, Woody, can I give you some feedback on this? <laughs> hey buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so once you, you set a, a certain comfortableness around that, that isn't abused because mm-hmm. you can say, no, not right now. I'm not, I'm not in the frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I watched a football game yesterday where a guy made a really bonehead penalty and it was for the Buccaneers that Brady's yep. playing for now and it extended the game the, the plays for the other team and right. one of the other players tried to pull him and say hey and you saw his reaction which was I don't want to talk right now right I don't want to I don't give you know they're it's too I'm emotional. not ready to learn the lesson right yeah and this was from a guy the other guy is a chronic you know penalty guy I've watched right, you right. know but anyway, it was, it's, so we have to learn that aspect of it. And, and in our, I've had to do that in my personal life as much as anything, as you're a parent or in a, you know, not spousal, but, you know, as you're working in organizations, volunteers are the hardest people to give candid feedback to. Well, yeah. I'm just a volunteer here. I don't, you know, I'm trying my best. It's all, I understand, right. but, you know, we can't do this. We right. can't, you know, we have to, you know, and, and so, I had to work the hardest on that. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for those of those that are listening. Um, I would challenge you decide right now, which of those are, is a strength that comes to you perhaps a little more naturally and which one requires a little bit more work, a little bit more effort and, and get, put a little plan in place. How are you going to get better at? I realized for me, it was, it was similar. It was a candor piece. Um, I didn't realize the depth of candor that I could go to. And I remember it like clear as day. Two of my favorite people standing on the stage. It was an event for Keller Williams Realty. We were standing, they were standing on stage and, you know, it was for a room of like 500 people, but because it was a breakout session near the end of the whole thing, you know, everybody's off goofing now. Right. So there's like 40 people in the room. So it's super intimate in this big cavernous space. And the words they used around candor literally unlocked a door for me and said, oh, I didn't realize I could talk to people that way. Like that's thoughts that I have in my head. I didn't know I was allowed to say them. And that it was because I cared about them that I would say them that way. You know, again, yeah. it's not a malicious, it's not a hateful, it's not a hurtful, you know, but it's a very direct, right? It's, it's absolutely talking about the issue at hand unabashedly, without flinching. And, and to me, I think that balancing act between care and candor shows up in this failure conversation a lot. Yeah, it does. And, and yeah. if, you know, what... Uh, as you're, we're having the discussion around the failure, I, I have a, the most impactful 
one that I ever had. Uh, if you're, you know, I'll share it if you're interested. It was Please, yes. when I was running the Americas for Motorola in their right. cellular infrastructure division. Yeah. Pretty big gig, right? That's a big gig. One of my... Cellular, re- cellular is not going to make it, though. No, right? it's going to... Yeah, that's not, that's not going to last. Like, that's a yeah. fad. Yeah. We had an installation going in, and I won't get into the specifics of the customer and things, but I get a call from the executive VP, and he goes, Wood, I need you in a meeting with this customer that I, I really didn't even know that well, right? So right. we go in the room, and... Uh, I'm sitting next to the vice president of the customer and we're having a conversation and we're learning that the implementation of a new cellular network is going abysmally. Ooh. It's just crashing it. Now we're talking billion, you know, a billion dollar implementation. It's going sideways really quick. And so the customer who I only ever had met once before a VP I'd met, one of the, maybe at a, you know, a customer event mm-hmm. leans over to me and goes, we're going to pull the account from Motorola unless you take it over. And I'm like, what? You personally take it over, not one of your minions. Well, then I go, and I, I literally, I looked across the table at Jack, the executive VP. And I go, well, that's not my call. That's his call. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't, you know, and so Jack said, well, that's what we're going to do. The customer and we have a, more conversation obviously the customers leave and jack goes holy yeah you know, gets into the expletives he was a former marine by the way he right, was right. That yeah. guy it was colorful to, it was colorful yeah, yes very colorful and he goes well you have to have a conversation with david about this and i go what and he goes yeah you, you got to sit him down you got to talk to him i want to fire him i want to do all this and i'm going to do it. i'm sitting there going well first of all he's a he's not a bad guy he's right. actually pretty capable but he's just not helping to lead this so carrying in candid, you know, I, I, that next morning, this was an evening meeting next morning, I have David over into the office and where we have the conversation very candidly, mm. this is going South so fast. We can't, aff- we're going to lose a billion dollar account here. A billion. Right. Yeah. Uh, we can't Beat people. Yeah. Yeah. Now had the conversation, didn't throw the guy under the bus. The executive VP later came back to me and said, Jack came back and said, would I'm glad you didn't fire Dave, <laughs> you know, well, because, you know, he, in the heat of the moment, when you're faced with all that disappointment and you have shareholder meetings, like in two weeks and right. those things hit the press, you're going to be eviscerated. Right. Well, now the other aspect of this for me was now I have to rebuild a team that's doing this implementation on a multi-state. And, you know, this is like, you know, 1200 people doing these jobs that are engineers and all this stuff. Now I have to pull together a team and I'm losing players right and left because they're, they're watching it go sideways. They're all even, and we have to kind of take that approach of, you know, this is, this is Braveheart kind of thing, right? Right. We have to do this. You know, we can't afford this to go sideways. I need your help. Right. We need to. And you know what it became? It was interesting. They they certainly understood the urgency. I didn't. They, I mean, they're smart people, right? It 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 created an opportunity to attract good people because they saw this. Well, we have to do this, right? We got the best engineers in the company coming over, and I was like, you know how hard this is going to be. And we turned that. We wasn't me. <laughs> right. We turned that around 
in probably a three or four month period against those, those folks did Herculean work. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, and you know, and then I got moved off to somewhere else, but I didn't get <laughs> and then they fired me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they moved me to Singapore. And they That's, right. To, That's right. Yeah. So anyway, you know, in that failure, there was the chance to help another, you know, employee find a different path. He's still with the yeah. company, but still with the company. Wow. And then to use that failure as a, come on guys, we, we can do this. And uh, so it was, you know, that one's vivid in my memory. I can remember it like it was yesterday. The guy's leaning over and goes, we'll keep the account with Motorola. If you, if you take it over personally, I'm like, what? Uh -oh. I met you once. I met you. That's right. <laughs> How do I, did you know I'm not that? Good? What did I say in that meeting? Right. Yeah. What did yeah. I? Yeah. Make sure I never say that again. Right. Yeah. I love so it. So I think that you know failure brings forth opportunities all the time. That would could have been a one, by the way, to drive the bus off the cliff. Yeah. That yeah. one would have been right? a. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, it's it's funny. I I've definitely experienced similar, not on that scale. Um, but the power of the beginning stages of failure that when addressed, when acknowledged, you know, not, not shying away from it, um, can have a real power to rally the team, right? When you acknowledge the fact that this, we have a problem. And yeah. everyone has to contribute to, to be able to get to the solution. Um, I know I've been able to look back with teams that I've worked with in the past and conversations years later have been, man, do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. You know, when we have those reminiscent moments and that connection, that heart connection moment, it's never around a win. It's no. always around the failure that we somehow pulled out, you know, and kept from crashing. You know, and well, um, I think that's a piece that leaders really need to understand that if you try to sweep under the rug, something like that, or, or you try to have, you know, pick a fall guy, you know, that was all his fault. And, you know, let's kick that guy out of the organization kind of a thing. Like you're, you're missing this incredible opportunity for synergy with the team. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, a couple of things there, I, I, mean, I used to always think about it. I'd, come, I'd get brought in by a private equity firm to turn a company around and replace a CEO. Right. Right. And so the first meetings wasn't, we're going to throw what he, he was a goof. That guy didn't know what he was doing, blah, blah, blah. No, it was never that. It right. was, here's where we're going and why. Here's right. what I expect of you. Here's what you should expect of me. Never drive it in the rearview mirror about mistakes right. that he or they made. Right. It's like, here's where we're going and here's what we have to do to go to get there. And so, you know, and, and that was, they were the, that's hard slogging, mm -hmm. but you, and you got to move fast. That's the other aspect mm -hmm. that you, you know, you're fail fast. Yeah. L letting something fester that in you, you know, leader, you know, over time we learn these things as leaders and we watch situations and we're going, it doesn't feel right. It's not mm -hmm. going, but, oh, I hope it works out. Hope is not a method. Um, yeah. It doesn't, uh, you know, <laughs> and so we have to, we have to move quickly on those so that they don't become catastrophic. Right. You know, when I think back to that implementation going south, there probably were, you know, viewpoints all along the way that we didn't see, right. or we weren't being, but darn it, we, we would have yeah. stopped it a long time ago. So, right. 
Yeah, moving, and but I there is a certain we still talk about it. All my friends that are in, we've moved on to a million different things. Yeah, remember when that thing went side? Oh yeah, and it was like, oh my heavens, it, it's like yeah. you can feel the sweat already coming on your brow. Going, <laughs> oh my God. I but remember it's that, that. Yeah, it's that you know camaraderie in the trench kind of a thing, yeah. and yeah. it really can create some of the strongest bonds. You know it what does. I mean? Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. Wood, thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast. It's been great. This conversation about winning, this conversation about failure, and how all of it is so impactful uh, on our leadership journey. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Brad. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>